0: Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel, There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. Hey, my friends, what is going on? Today is Sunday. This is the 17th of August, 2014. I missed last week, um, went to a place called Big Surf, which is uh, a lot of fun. Water park type deal out where I live anyway. And back with you this week. A lot of stuff going on. Um, crazy stuff. Uh, lots of riots down in Ferguson. A lot of stuff with that shooting down there. I don't know if we'll ever know 100% what happened. I don't know if we'll ever get accurate timelines, things like that. Uh, in this case, of course, there is no video. Uh, it seems a lot of times that the only time you ever really get the, the truth is if there's video. And you can say, "Well, wait a minute. You said A, B, and C happened, but the video shows none of that stuff happened at all." And it, you know, and it works both ways. Sometimes, if you get somebody who makes a false complaint against a police officer, if there's video, they can say, "Well, clearly that didn't happen." You know, you said this guy slapped you in the face, and all he did was just told you to get back on the sidewalk or something. So, you know, which which. Brings up another thing. If I was out there in that Ferguson area, I would of course be very, um, hypersensitive to my surroundings and what's going on. And even though you could say, well, yeah, these rides and a lot of these things are kind of contained to one area. It doesn't take much for it to spill over into another area. Uh, so you can use this sort of as maybe a learning moment and say that uh, if you ever were going to go down to some type of a rally or a protest or something like that, just be aware, especially if it is a, a highly emotional issue like this, be aware that that powder keg could be set off in an instant and you could get caught up or swept up in something to where long term, it goes, you know, very bad for you. Uh, So again, just be aware. I'm not saying don't go down and don't march and don't, uh, Redress your grievances against the government, but just be aware of, of what can happen and some of the consequences and some of the fallout from that stuff. I can't remember what agency, was it Los Angeles or someplace in California where they were going to have their police officers not only have the dash cam stuff, but start wearing the, the, uh, personal mini cams. Now, for me, I think that's a good idea. And again, going back to what I just talked about, it's sort of good for everybody. If everybody knows, well, hey, my encounter with this with this uh, policeman is going. Everything is going to be taped, and all that stuff. If everything goes down, can be used as evidence either against me, or it can be used as evidence for me. It can support what I've uh, the claims that I'm making. And I think I can't remember where it was, but they said that once they there was some department that issued this stuff. And once they did that, the complaints against police officers went down and then also stuff that they found to be like false reports or false allegations that also dropped as well. Cause again, everybody knows, Hey, it's on camera or it's on video and, and we all live basically in the digital video age. So uh, I think it's a good idea uh, to have stuff like that. There was another place, and again, it was either like California or Chicago or someplace like this, where they were having the police wear the cameras, and miraculously, a lot of the cameras malfunctioned or weren't working or got lost or fell off, you know, that type of stuff, So, which kind of leads you to believe that most of the the police departments don't necessarily want to be on film all the time. You know, most people... To be fair, most people probably do not want to be on film all the time. Uh, but when you look at the benefits that the cameras could have, I think that it um, that it clearly the the benefit that you get by having it clearly outweighs any inconvenience, especially for from the from a police standpoint. I would think that 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 would be welcome. And again, because you're the benefits that you can get out are going to outweigh any inconvenience. And not, I'm not talking about uh, loss of privacy or anything like that. I'm just talking about like for the police, it's like just one more piece of, of equipment that they got to, you know, deal with. Now, speaking of equipment, you guys know how I feel about uh, the militarization of the police. So I won't go in and rehash a lot of that stuff. Uh, Just to to keep it short and sweet, I do not think it's a good idea. Um, There is a little bit of a light that this shooting is, is, uh, some of the light is spilling over a little bit on the militarization of the police and all this uh, hardcore military stuff that they're getting, you know, the M, what are they called, MRAPs and all this other kind of stuff. And it makes you kind of wonder, well, do they really need this? The bigger picture for me, though, is is this going to really change anything? Is it going to get any dialogue or discussion going to where there would actually be change to where the mindset and the culture of some of this stuff maybe changes to say, well, you know what? We don't need to bring out the SWAT team to serve a warrant on somebody who the only crime they've committed is they didn't pay their school, their student loans or somebody had. Uh, is selling raw milk and we're going to bring 15 police in there and and knock everything down there should be a continuum of before you you know go go with your nuclear option maybe you should send two or three guys in there and say hey oh, hey we'd like to talk to you about this or you know this has been or issued or la, la 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 and then if they can determine at that time ooh you know this is a bad situation we need more people, then you can do it. But you don't just sort of jump from A to Z. Uh, Anyway, we shall see uh, a lot of times with this type of stuff, once it kind of falls off of the radar about two or three weeks later, everything kind of goes away and goes back to normal. I do not hold out much hope, even though there are some politicians that say we need to take a look at what's going on with our police force in this country and what we're doing and what we're having them become. Uh, Like I said, I think in about three weeks everything will will kind of uh, be swept under the rug. On another, maybe I guess you could call it judicial note, there was the lady, I think it's Shanine Allen. I think Shanine is how you pronounce her name. It seems of, at least as of a couple of days ago, they are moving forward with her prosecution. So before we jump into that too far, what I'll do is I'm going to go ahead and explain some of the case as far as I know it that way. If somebody is listening a few months from now, and like I said, this stuff has been swept under the rug, you'll have a little bit of background of it. Basically, there uh, was a woman um, named she- Shameen Allen. She is a, a single mother of two small boys. She was going to New Jersey. She lived in, I think, Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, she had been, or well, the, her state had basically issued her a concealed carry permit she mistakenly thought that her permit would be kind of like her driver's license I guess and that she could just sort of well now that I've got the permit I can pretty much go anywhere with the gun as long as I have the permit and follow the the rules she was pulled over in uh, for a traffic stop Um, I'm not exactly sure why she was pulled over. I think it was for something like, you know, failure to stay in the lane or, you know, so I don't know if it was like she didn't signal or whatever, but anyway, once she was pulled over, she informed the police officer, Hey, I have a, uh, a concealed carry license and I also have my handgun. Well, of course at that point she was arrested and all this other stuff in New Jersey. She can face a mandatory minimum of three years for that offensive. Of just, possessing excuse me possessing the firearm without having the proper New Jersey paperwork or the proper New Jersey licenses so on a mandatory minimum it doesn't mean that that's the mandatory maximum she can get more they could they could give her more and it looks like the what they're trying to do is go ahead and make an example out of her and they're trying to they're going to they're going to push for uh, that mandatory minimum and maybe even a little bit more. I had heard Nevin app Evan Knappen, I think is his name. I think that's his name. He was on uh, gun talk and he was talking about the case. He's her attorney. Uh, he's a pretty prominent New Jersey guy and a, a big uh, pro second amendment guy. So he's on the case with her and Basically, I think they offered her a plea of something like, "Well, you're gonna spend three years in prison and you know blah blah, blah, maybe you'll get out after eighteen months or something like that. And she's like, well i don't I don't want to do that. What happens to my children? What happens to my job? And I think she's been fired from her job. I think um, her her job let her go. Um, now, normally in cases like this, the prosecutors, while, while there is a mandatory sentencing, a mandatory minimum sentencing if you're found guilty, how you get to the court and what you're actually charged with, there are not necessarily mandatory charging things. So the prosecutors a lot of times uh, will have d- discretion on what they can do. And most of these states, even in states like New Jersey, uh, California places like this where you, we would typically think of them as being rapidly anti-gun they still have a process by which it takes into account the the cost of prosecution weighed against the benefit to society we they so they'll have diversionary programs and when I was working in probation a lot of times and as, as some of you guys may remember or recall that I was a juvenile probation officer so a lot of times we would get a kid in who maybe it was just you know simple alcohol possession or it was like a jaywalk or it was you know it was was some basically maybe like a status offense maybe they got caught with tobacco or something like that and they were being kind of a smart ass to the cop and so the cop said well here you go here's your citation what would happen there was we had the diversionary program and what they would do is they would go and meet with a probation officer, so somebody like me, and what I would do is I would talk with meet with them, talk with them and their parent, and they would say, and I'd say, Well, did you do this? And they would say either yes or no. If they said no, then we would set it for actual a court hearing. If the guy said, Yeah, you know, I did this and I you know, I I, I didn't think it was a big deal, or here's what happened, and blah, blah, blah. And then what you could do is you would say, Okay, well, for, you know, your your tobacco offense or whatever, what I want you to do is you there, here's this uh, educational class on the dangers of tobacco and smoking and then go and do eight hours of volunteer work down at the Red Cross or whatever, or wherever, you know, here's this list of approved places that you can go to. And then what would happen is you would set a time for that person to come back and... Uh, so let's say something happened today in August and I would set a hearing for them in uh, maybe October or uh, I would set a uh, uh, another meeting for them in October. They would at that time come back. And if they'd completed everything, then we could we would close out the case and say it was diverted. So they never, ever go into court. They never see a judge. They never do anything like that. And again, a lot of these things are status offenses. So they're. Um, their misdemeanors are their real low level stuff. Now, of course, in this case for them, possession of a firearm without a license, they wouldn't necessarily consider that a, a low level thing. But what they would do is if they, if we go back to that formula I talked about before, where they would say, well, the cost of prosecution outweighs the benefit to society. So they would normally you would take a person like this who doesn't have a a criminal history who is uh, gainfully employed who's a, like a single mother or a single father you know, it, and you would say well you know if if we really go after this guy and throw the book at him we don't really think he's he's this big potential for future crimes but all we're doing at that point is we're basically turning this guy into a criminal And there's really going to be no end benefit to society. Uh, Also, the, 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 uh, the punishment does not fit the crime. So again, if we go back and look at, well, what's the benefit to society? Does society, if we go forward and prosecute, do they benefit? Is there a net gain for a society or is there a net loss? And in this case, we've already tipped the scale toward the loss. Because you, what you did is you took someone who had a job, and now she doesn't. Uh, if she goes into prison, basically you're making a felon out of somebody who, let's say, she had stayed in in her own state, would never be a felon. Um, so again, you're tipping that scale into the negative aspect of, you know, is this, is this a, a loss for society or for a gain? And you're taking it and you're making a loss. You're basically making somebody into a non-productive member of society. So, um, it appears that the, the, uh, the prosecutor in this case is going to go forward with it and they are going to try and make an example out of it. If it goes to a jury, And if public opinion can be swayed, I do not think, I could be wrong, but I do not think she, I think it will probably be dismissed. Now, you would say, well, doesn't that make the prosecutor look bad? Not really. Uh, Because what he can say is, look, I felt this was wrong. And I, you know, you can, he can always sort of take the quote unquote moral high ground because he can say. I didn't give in to this public pressure and she had you know, broken the law and ignorance of the law is no excuse and all this other type of stuff. So, uh, But again, what it may do, uh, while it won't hurt the prosecutor, um, either way, how it, how it turns out, it won't hurt him. Uh, the only person who's going to be victimized is going to be uh, Shanine Allen and her, her family and her two, her two children. Uh, so anyway, um, it's a nonsensical thing. I don't, it doesn't seem that the public pressure of this is, uh, is affecting them. I think maybe if the riots weren't going on down in, uh, Ferguson, this may be getting more play, but you know, uh, the riots are going to be more play than some. Some poor lady who just you know brought a gun in there by mistake. Now, let let's go back. A lot of times uh, we'll we'll take a little bit different look at it. A lot of times on the show I talk about you got to have you got to know what's going on. If you're going to carry a gun, if you're going to be a gun owner, part of that is you got to know. You, you got to know your facts. You got to know what you can do and what you can't do. And so I am not making any excuses for her at all. So I think she should have some form of punishment and she should have some form of uh consequence for what she did. I mean, she should have known better her consequence should not again, be three years in prison, three years away from her family, branded a felon, lose tons of your civil rights. Um, and again, we're not benefiting society by pulling forward with this another teachable moment in that if you are going to carry a gun or if you have friends that maybe they're not as deep into the second amendment or the gun culture as we are. So they, they think, well, I got my gun and I'm, I'm cool now. It doesn't really matter too much. If you have friends like that, kind of encourage them, talk with them and say, well, Hey, I don't, you know, I don't know if you do this or do that, but if you ever do, here's the laws and you can't, you know, not all the laws are the same and this, that, and the other thing. So, anyway, it may, um, it may shine a spotlight on national, excuse me, national carry or national reciprocity. Um, as more and more of these type of cases come up, it may be a a thing of where eventually we get that. I, you know, I don't know it. And it may be a thing of where it says, you know, if if you've got a license, you have to be able to do it. I mean, you, it, it has to be honored. Now, that state could enact things where they could enact so many laws for an out-of-state person to where it would be almost impossible for you to take it or to carry it in there because they would say, well, you're restricted from here, you're restricted from there, you can't go here, you can't go there. Um, but if you got, quote-unquote, caught with one, if you had if you had a national reciprocity, it might be a thing, again, to where it's a misdemeanor Uh, you pay a fine and then it's done and it doesn't really affect any of your, your civil rights. It doesn't affect your ability to own a firearm in your home state. But uh, let me know what you guys think. I uh, I'd be curious on that. I would say probably the easiest way to send feedback to me is not to go through Facebook. They're always changing stuff on there and I don't just when I think I'm, I'm keeping up with stuff. I mean, I've, they've got that new messenger app that they want now. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I will probably always be kind of on Facebook, I guess I, you know, just because of the show, if it wasn't for the show, I would, I wouldn't be on it. I wouldn't really have much to do with it. Um, or if I did, you know, there, I, I would only have just, you know, like my family would be the only people that would be able to like be friends with me or whatever. Um, And generally, uh, I don't put too much of my personal stuff on there. You know, occasionally I will, but uh, I'm not too wigged out about, you know, the the cyber or security of it or that, you know, somebody's going to come and stalk me or anything like that. Uh, It's one thing. It it doesn't really seem like many pro-gun people have a, a lot of problems with people kind of, following up on, on threats, especially when you talk, you know, when you say, well, Hey, I'm an armed person. I'm armed all the time. And, uh, you know, I will, I've made up my mind that I will defend myself and I will defend my family and, uh, I'll take care of business if I have to. And I'm not trying to be cavalier about it. I hope that doesn't come a, come across that way. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, we have to keep things in perspective and we have to, We have to temper what is possible with what is probable. Oh, speaking of that, I, I've been doing more stuff and been being a little bit more active on YouTube. If you go over to my channel, actually, if you just go to the website and you just um, Firearms Cafe or Armed Ape, if I ever do any Armed Ape shows, but you can click on the YouTube button. Boom, it'll take you right to my new channel. And like I said, I'm trying to be a little bit more active on that and uh, do do some more response videos and, and talking about certain things. So go over there, check that stuff out. My channel is called every blade of grass. It's all one word. Uh, if you don't want to go through the website, um, but if you do, like I said, you can just, the easiest way probably would be to just click on it. Cause sometimes when you search through YouTube, like somebody will say, Oh, this guy has a, a, a YouTube channel called, you know, may July or something. And, you go and you type in like May, July and it doesn't show up and you're like, what? And then it turns out, Oh, you know, the J was capitalized and the Y was capitalized and because I didn't have that, it didn't show up. So anyway, enough, uh, begging for you to go over and, and look at the YouTube stuff. But anyway, go over there, subscribe. Um, if you have any requests for videos that you'd like me to do, uh, or something you wanted me to talk about over there as well as even you know, on the show. Uh, sometimes it's it's nice just to be able to sit down and watch a five or a 10-minute video and just kind of move on from there. Uh, but send me an email to firearmscafe at gmail.com and uh, let me know. All right, last thing I wanted to talk about today is the bizarre ruling. And as far as I can tell, they've gone ahead and done it. They've said that James Brady, who died uh, here recently, who passed away, they are ruling that as a homicide. Now Hinckley, who's the dude who shot him, I think he's still in, um, uh, he's still in custody, but he's in a, uh, what, what do they call it? Um, dang, they've got a... <laughs> I'm drawing a complete blank on it right now. Um, he's Basically, he's in a mental institution um, for criminals. I, 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 there's a word for it. Or maybe I'm just thinking there's a word for it and there's not. Anyway, it's a drag getting old. So... Um, my guess they're, they're wanting to rule this as a homicide, even though he died from, and they're saying, well, he died as, in, as a result of injuries from this attack. Now, normally they would, they would, you would think that there would be like some kind of statute of limitations on that to where if you shot somebody and then 35 years later, that person dies of, uh, um, You know, whatever you die from, a heart attack, are you then going to say, well, you know, because he was shot 35 years ago and suffered trauma, it did shorten his life. And so, yeah, you know, that is a homicide, Uh, which it looks like they're going to go ahead and rule that again. Just, you know, talking about picking the bones of somebody, look, whether you like the guy, didn't like him, doesn't really matter. You know, give him, give him some dignity. Then um, the people that are doing that and, are, and they're trying to, to make political hay and get political gains from that, they should be ashamed of themselves. Oh, now here's something that I saw. And this is going to piss off probably about half the people that listen to this show. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it won't piss anybody off. But I know it's going to piss some people off. I saw this video... Uh, it was one of these things that showed up on Facebook of some dude, and I have no clue who this guy is, um, but he takes a, a copy of the of the uh, Quran and he, like, rips pages out of it, rubs bacon on it, and then he shoots it with arrows, and then he, you know, he, he throws it in the fire. I don't... I don't really know what you what a person like that really hopes to accomplish um, I mean how would he feel if somebody and he I, I i think in the video he was he was saying like oh how old, all the Muslims are killing all the christians and this that and the other thing but I mean how would he feel if if somebody like that did the same thing to a bible if they took if if that's his faith I don't know what his faith is for sure but i, I think he's Professes maybe to be Christian. Um, I, I guess it just and it, it's not. It's it's really not like a PC thing. It's just I don't. I saw that and I just felt. Uh, I just felt like sad. I I felt. You know here's somebody who's just just trying to propagate hate and 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 all this other stuff and i you know i look i'm I'm not the best person in the world, and I've got a lot of room for improvement, but i try I try to be as nice to people as I can I try to to see things from different perspectives. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I, I, I guess it just, it just didn't sit right with me. I just, I thought, and it would be, it would, look, it would be the same thing if somebody were doing it to a copy of the, of the Bible or if somebody was doing it to, um, like the, uh, um, uh, what is it? Like the Torah in Judaism. I think that's it. If I'm, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Uh, or if somebody, if, if there were some uh, Buddhist sutras and things like that that somebody was taking and, and tearing up and burning and, and doing all this other stuff I just, I don't know I it's hard for me to understand that kind of thinking and I looked at some of the comments and they it, that kind of saddened me even further uh so, uh, like I said, I don't know 100% where I'm going through this. I just, I just wish we didn't live in a world where, you know, you're, you, you know, if you're not on my team, you know, fuck you, you can go die, and I'm willing to do any type of atrocity or, it, it, you know, because of of something that I believe, I, you know, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's kind of end on maybe a little bit more positive note. Let's talk about my AR 15 build. I am getting closer and closer. It has taken me many, many months and a little bit, lots of saving, not a little bit of saving, but a lot of saving to get some of the stuff that I want. Uh, As a quick update, I went with a Mega Arms Forged Upper and Lower. I uh, got a Daniel Defense um, 16 inch barrel. I went with a mid length gas system uh i i bought um oh for the parts kit i went with uh cmm cmmg i think that's i got all the m's in there i got some you know magpul uh furniture here and there i got the stock is magpul the pistol grip is magpul i um let's see what's some what are all the things that i get um the trigger, I think eventually, I, I, I'm going to put the regular trigger in, just the, the regular mill spec trigger. I may or may not go later with the um, Mega. makes a good trigger that I've heard a lot of good stuff about that doesn't break the bank, but um, allows you to adjust it to where you can get like a really good, nice trigger on there. I think it's around 80 $90 or something like that. With some of the parts, I went with Damage Industries, like silicone springs and, and some of the stuff like that. Uh, I know I'm forgetting something that I should be talking about it. and I can't, I can't remember. Um, I have not been able to get, I, well, I haven't bought a bolt carrier group yet. There is a guy that I'm going to try and get on the show, maybe in the next couple of weeks, depending on what his schedule is. And I'm thinking about getting a bolt carrier from him. And we'll talk a little bit more about that stuff later. Um, but I had kind of narrowed it down to maybe three different bolt carrier groups. One was going to be the Lightner Wise, or I was thinking there's one from Civ Tactical, CIV Tactical. Um, and then there is another one, which I was thinking is maybe, um, BCM. So Bravo companies bolt carrier on that. Um, and I was thinking about going with the, what's it called the nickel boron one. Uh, and then as far as um, so really I think the only thing I have left, oh, I went with a, a, a Bravo company charging handle. the, the um, thing that I, that I want to get that I'm having to wait because it's not on order is the the key mod 15 inch hand, handrail or the rail system there. And once I get that, um, I'll pretty much be set and I'll be able to kind of put it together. There's a few other things that I may want to do. Um, as far as, um, again, there's a guy that does some kind of like, uh, not necessarily blueprinting, but does some lapping and does some things where you can send him your upper and he'll make sure that everything is square and this, that, and the other, and, and can do a lot of like little things that, uh, Prevent what they'll call the stacking of tolerances. A lot of times in 1911, they'll talk about that. Sometimes they don't talk about it as much, but they still talk about it a little bit with uh, the AR 15s. And for those of you guys that don't know, when you stack tolerances, what that means is that you're usually using something that's pretty precise, that has a lot of precision parts. And for those things to all interact properly, you know, everything needs to be within a certain tolerance. And if you have let's say something is there's five parts that all have to work together. If you have one of those five parts, that's a little bit out of spec eh, you know, it'll probably work pretty well. Um, But if you get, you know, two of those parts or three of those parts that are just a little bit out of spec, they all start to add up and they all kind of start to throw things off. So what you have is a higher likelihood of maybe failures or stoppages. And it's not like it's stopping every single time or doesn't run, but it, you know, while you're shooting, you could get the occasional failure to eject or failure to feed or this, that, the other thing. Um, so anyway, uh, that's kind of where I'm at on that. Once I get the, um, once I get the bolt carrier group and once I get, and the bolt carrier group, I could actually, to be, to be fair, I could order that right now. Um, but the, the handguard that I want is... Um, is the Bravo company one and that's their key mod thing. And I know Magpul has come out with their what do they call it? Their M mod now. Um I'm not too worried about you know what's going to be what uh, or, or that my my parts or something would be obsolete, you know, because Magpul is going to dominate. There's enough people who are doing the key mod stuff that I would be able to order anything that's going to kind of interact with it. Um and, and you know you can get some little pieces of rail. Part of the thing that I want with this on mine is I don't really want to have a lot of stuff on it. uh pretty much I want to have a light on it and I'll have an optic on it and um and that's about it. Uh, I may do depending on how i how comfortable it is, I may do some type of um uh four four end grip or you know like that like that little magpole thing that goes up and lets you kind of grip it on that may do it may not i don't you know i don't know um just sort of depends on that oh i know what i wanted to tell you guys i don't know if they're if they're still doing it um but there is let me let me pull it up here there is a um a uh there we go this thing is giving me fits all right there is a place called Joe Bob Outfitters, and if you go to JoeBobOutfitters.com, anything that's number one, anything, and this is something they always have, anything that is ninety dollars or more, they are uh, is free shipping. They, and I don't know if they're still doing it, but on the Aimpoint Pro. They, uh, had, and on pretty much on all their optics and it may be gone now. Uh, or I, I thought it was going to be through the month of August, but it, it may be gone. Um, but they've got like the standard regular price on that Aimpoint Pro, but then they were doing a thing where it was going to be 10% off. And I think if you typed in like glass 10 or something like that, um, i think I think that's what you typed in um, yeah, it's glass ten i'm I'm doing it right now to see if it if it does it oh, it's not valid, it expired on the fifteenth dang, so well anyway, what it did um and it's kind of a letdown now but if you if you were gonna if you were gonna get one of those if you liked one and you were gonna get one it was basically like forty one dollars off and then you had free shipping so when you go around a lot of these different sites they're all right around four hundred and sixteen dollars and they very rarely go on sale um, uh, but you know so. I think, I want to say maybe Midway USA had a couple of them that they were refurbished. What was nice about this is with that. And, there, and so your price was going to be like, you know, um, $387 or $78 or something like that. Um, so Midway, I think Midway USA has some that was refurbished for about that price for like that $375. But they were refurbished ones. These were brand new. Uh, and of course it comes with the mount. Now some people get rid of that mount pretty quick. And I think I had some feedback a long time ago um, from one of our, uh, one of the listeners who was talking about um, that they had the aim point. Um, Let's see if I could find that. I've got it. Okay. Yeah. This was from uh, a long time ago from Alex and I just happened to keep the thing and I'm pretty sure I did. I hope I did was, I think I went over this stuff, but I wanted to read his, um, his thing that he had on the Aimpoint Pro and he wrote in. And again, if if this is rehashing it and you know, so be it. Uh, he said he owns, I own an EOTech XPS two and an Aimpoint Pro. I find that I'm able to get better groups with the Aimpoint, especially uh, when I dim the illumination down, which shrinks the dot a little. The unit's very well built and I think a very good value since I only paid 379 dollars for it brand new. So as an aside, he did get a good job. That's about what I, I think I paid a little bit less for mine, but not much. Um, continuing on, he said, I ditched the mount that came with the aim point and went with a LaRue Comp M2 mount. Uh, the mount is not only super sexy, it's lighter and much lower profile than the mount that comes with the Aimpoint. And of course, it's a quick detach. Uh, it is incredibly well built. But, of course, that comes with the high price tag of $162. I've only used the XPS2, which was the uh, EOTech, for IDPA carbine uh, competition. So I'm not sure how I would fare with the aim point in this context. I will shoot my next match with the aim point. I did have problems sometimes losing the EOTech red dot since it's a holograph and my eye was not lined up. Uh right as I was shooting around barricades the biggest selling point for me on the aim point is the battery life I think it's something like two to three years on one battery with continuously being on this is the main reason uh, why why oh, excuse me this is the main reason I will likely div- divest myself of the eOtech and move all my rifles over to aim point um, so again he he bought the aim point and then he also ended up buying the uh, the different mount, uh, which was that, um, the, uh, da, 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 the 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 um, Larue what would do you call it, uh, Larue Comp M2. So anyway, um, I was able to since it was on sale, and I had some of the money saved up, and I was figuring, well, you know, it's going to be a while since I, I'm able to. Uh, get this handguard, um, And I've pretty much got just about everything else except for a couple of things. I went ahead and kind of took the plunge and bought the Aimpoint. And I like it so far. Um, the thing about the battery life is the way that the Aimpoint works, that Pro works, is you always have, it's always basically on. And they say on, I think the next to brightest setting or something like that, or a couple clicks down from the brightest setting that you can leave that on and you'll be good for about three years. So you just constantly leave it on. Um, It does run off of some weird little battery. uh, But if, if you wanted to sort of have peace of mind, I think the batteries probably cost, you know, maybe $8 or something like that. What you could do is about every year and a half or every two years, just, preemptively change it. Um, or, you know, if you knew you weren't going to shoot, you could always just take the battery out. Uh, but again, probably just, you know, having it, if you had it on a home defense rifle, you're going to want the thing on all the time, on, on your rifle and on all the time. So it's just one less thing you have to worry about messing with. But, uh, for me, my plan is what I will do is I will just, um, I'll change that battery out probably every year and a half and just put a new one in and then I'll be good to go. Um, the, the mount that I have on there on one of my rifles now, uh, it seems to do, like I said, pretty well. Um, I don't know that I'll ever go with a different, uh, aftermarket mount or not. Um, you know, for me, it may be kind of a little much and, and it may be that, um, You know what I've got is is is, will work fine with me. That the uh, the aim point mount that comes with it works fine. It's that one where you can you click it and it ratchets and you go like click 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 and then it and then you're on tight enough so you can't over tighten it. Uh, Let's see. You know what? Let me double check and um, if somebody really wants it, let's go to to uh, midway. And I'll click on this and it looks like, yeah, it looks like the ones that they had refurbished. Somebody kind of snaked them up. Uh, midway has free shipping on that particular thing, but again, it's 416. I still think that it's a, it's a decent object. There's probably ones that are out there that are better. Uh, maybe I guess. Um, but for me and for what I'm going to use it for, uh, it's a, it's, it's a fine optic and I'll be able to transfer it back and forth and do this and that and the other thing. Or if if they ever come up on sale again, I may buy a new one, uh, much later, later down the road. Um, so anyway, I think I have kind of prattled on long enough. Thanks for listening. And like I said, uh, give you a quick reminder to go over and check out my YouTube channel, which is every blade of grass, subscribe to it. Uh, it doesn't, it's free of course to subscribe. It's not a big deal. Uh, also on some, uh, other podcasts to go ahead and listen to, uh, there's modern rifleman radio with Ken and Brian. Uh, so give Ken a listen. There is, uh, on the firearms front, of course, downrange radio, um, Gun talk, things like that. Gunfighter cast. I think they put out a uh, a new one here recently. I think I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Um, but go ahead and, and give uh, Gunfighter cast with Daniel and John a listen. Uh, as always, there is the Road Gunner podcast, and I know I'm leaving some out uh think 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 anyway it doesn't well there's tons and tons of good ones like gun dudes and and um i know i'm oh uh who am i thinking i can't remember it's like going right out of my brain oh pro arms now they haven't put one out in a while but anything they put out is always well worth a listen um polite society podcast now that one man you talk about a gang of content um, you know they've always got something out, so they're they're kind of the opposite of me. Where they're they're uh, I, I put junk out when I can, but they're putting stuff out constantly. But it's a good it's a good podcast. So go ahead and give it a listen to. And uh, the thing about having a lot of different hosts is, if you don't like one of them, you'll find two or three that you do. So anyway, I think that's about it. Um, about it for now. Like I said, I will uh, draw the show to a close, and I will talk to you guys next time. Take care.